Johnny Cage, Kano, Luke Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya Blade, Sub-Zero, Goro, Shang, Zora, Tabaraka, J-Jack, Kintaro, Kitana, Kung Lao, Merlini, Nanook, Seba, Stout, Shao Kahn, Fung, Chameleon, Cyrax, Earth, Makabo, Motaro, Nightwolf, Insector, Sheep, The Sindel, Striker, Fu, Jin, Quan, Shi, Shin, Oxo, Rina, Jerick, Kaimi, Reiko, Tanya, Tremor, Blade, Go, Drumming, Foss, Tenkenshi, Lee, Mavado, Mocap, Moloch, Katara, Ashra, Dairo, Darius, Havoc, Hotaru, Kira, Cobra, Onaga, Shijinko, Gigante, Vondavora, Cassie, Cage, Aaron, Black, Ferrator, Jackie, Briggs, Kotokan, Kongjin, Takeda, Tri, Procetrion, Scarlet, Gareth, Collector, Chronica, Welcome to Mortal Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Meckler, and this is the show where I walk my friends through the entirety of Mortal Kombat lore from the perspective of a single character. Today, I have possibly the most special guest of all time. I didn't ask her how she wanted to be introduced, um, but as a very close friend of mine, I'm just going to wing it. She's a writer, a comedian, a rock star now. Um, she is really cool, um, and her name is... Jess Lane, you know her listeners best of all as the person in the Mortal Podcast theme song who yells Mortal Podcast. Uh, so I've saved the best for last on this show as the final guest on the final episode of Mortal Podcast. Jess Lane, Jess, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm so, I'm so pleased to be introduced in such a special way. <laughs> how how does it feel to know that you are uh an icon because of your role in the theme song of uh mortal podcast it's honestly uh, uh it's what inspired me to pursue my rock and roll career which is about to take off <laughs> that's great that's great to hear it's actually in reality it is like really it's fun and nice to remember that there are little things that i've done that have big impact and i don't think about them all the time and then sometimes they come back and you're like oh yeah I did that thing and it brings people joy that I don't even know so that's pretty cool yeah you've I would say you know optimistically you've brought joy to I don't know 10 million people by doing the theme song <laughs> to more podcast oh i haven't million? been keeping up with the the numbers but that's really impressive that's yeah we're, we're somewhere in the ballpark of like 1500 to 20 million people i think per episode <laughs> depending on the guest um, amazing so i expect this one to be up there that explains yeah. the, uh, my appearance fee that i was wondering yeah. where that was coming from yeah that's why that's why we covered a uh, copy and credit um <laughs> um so so jess uh what is before we really jump into things catch up a little bit and talk about the character that we're talking about today i'm curious we've never really talked about this what is your personal history with mortal Kombat? i would say that i was of age when it first hit the scene uh i would say my personal most of my experience is probably with the arcade version. Is that accurate? That's a thing? 
Yeah, it was in the arcade. That's that is accurate. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 Um, because <laughs> I was like, I definitely remember the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one, and I'm pretty sure there was a Mortal Mortal Kombat one. Almost just said Mortal Podcast, just because. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you played Mortal <laughs> Podcast one, two, three. I do. I guess I think about Mortal Podcast more than I think about Mortal Kombat. Wow. And. <laughs> <laughs> uh but the roller there was a roller rink next to my uh apartment complex that i grew up in in new jersey and i would spend probably every friday night there and so there would be some some moral combat playing and then i didn't i was poor so we were always like a couple um video game consoles behind and so I would go, I would mostly play Mortal Kombat when I went to my cousin Sean's house because they had everything. They had like every toy and game in the history of the world. Dude, that's like almost exactly uh, my Mortal Kombat origin story as well. Galaxy <laughs> cool. Skateway in, in Florida. <laughs> uh, I want to say it was in Sunrise, Florida. Probably. Mine was roll, yeah. Roller Magic in Jackson, New Jersey. Roller Magic. That's a good roller name. Magic. Like roller Magic. And it was like it was like 98, 97, 98 when I would go and so it would be really yeah. good. Just imagine the like good music Honestly, like probably wanna, wanna be my lover like yeah. love Ghostbusters theme, um, <laughs> Space Jam. I remember a lot of Shaggy. It wasn't me. Like, yeah. So this is the soundtrack to this is that was this a little later, a, I think. My Mortal Kombat, po- Mortal Kombat the movie would have. Oh, it's actually the, that's a also really the... big '90s dance soundtrack. No, there's a there's a ton of Shaggy on the on the Mortal Kombat movie soundtrack. Oh good. <laughs> I can't tell what if that's a joke or not. It is. Um... Okay. Well, <laughs> I guess you know now is the time to like. To, to pitch a reboot. I'm not going to go too deep into the idea. Of Mortal I mean, Kombat? Of the movie? Yeah. Like reboot. a reboot of the movie that came out like last year? But the way but the way that like Greta Gerwig is doing Barbie. Oh, I see. Is doing like more like 90s, 90s. Yeah. Like Brady Bunch movie reboot yeah. style. All okay. the Mortal Kombat <laughs> characters, but they're still deeply entrenched in 90s culture yeah. with a really hard like uh uh 90s dance soundtrack yeah i think that's a really good idea a lot of tank tops and really baggy sweatpants yeah 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 i mean yeah. it's basically what we had a good back, back then anyway yeah, yeah it is gen z gen z is picking it up they're bringing it back yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> <laughs> i forget if we talked about this back in the day um but one of my dreams in life has been to re-record all of uh shaggy's like big album the one that had it wasn't me on it um but as shaggy from scooby-doo just the whole just the whole album it's the kind of thing where like you have to commit really hard yeah and like ideally the listener takes it from like beginning to end like you put it on and you play it from like beginning to end straight through and it'll have its peaks and valleys where it's like it's funny again and like I want to die and then like oh this is actually fun and then hopefully by the end you're just like in a dream state and then you've been listening like 45 minutes yeah because like isn't isn't like it wasn't me is technically like a duet with that other guy so so you can have like a scrappy do like for the other guest (laughs) artists and stuff (laughs) yeah scrappy do is the best character in the whole world it should definitely be scrappy yeah (laughs) it wasn't me zoinks um I think it'd be good I uh maybe that's my next project once Mortal Podcast wraps. That's what I'm gonna well, use my my mixer and my microphone for is re-recording all of 
all of Shaggy's album that I can't even remember the name, but maybe it's self-titled. Well, well this is deep Ben and Jess lore, but but I immediately realized that just pitching Scrappy Doo to do like a, a rap solo is the same as me pitching <laughs> the rap solo from uh, 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 Bumps Gonna Goose Ya. <laughs> For oh yeah the, for the puppet it is the same exact personality of just like <laughs> the most like catty sort of snotty character to do the rap so <laughs> yeah it's perfect there's <laughs> sunday uh my daughter for those of you at home listening you know this already she's been listening to a lot of uh sesame street and there is this one song that comes up in like the sesame street album that's a rap by a character i've never heard of before who must Ah. be a sesame street character his name's like langston hunston the third or something and it's like a it's a rap that has the attitude of like i break all the rules but it's actually the complete opposite it's Mm. like he the rap is called like be yourself but do things like the right way and still be yourself um, interesting i don't know how i feel about that yeah it's weird it's definitely riding a line it's like i be yourself okay you have my attention um but i do everything the right way well who decides that then yeah i could I go know. deep on the philosophical implications of that but i do guess yeah. i do understand the attitude of like oh, we're going to rebel by not rebelling because everyone's rebelling. It's like how Slava Zizek says that in today's day and age, one of the most revolutionary things you can do is get married. Whoa. But that's what he, that was a couple of years back, so that's already <laughs> coming back around. Like The yeah. cycle is getting shorter yeah. and shorter. So now I think getting married is, is not cool again. again, but you did it when it was cool, and now it's I got it in the again. window. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because, like, you don't really walk around with a plaque that's like, for the record, my wedding was in 2014. When it was counterculture. It was, it was, it was counterculture to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually cool to do that then. Um, listen, I think everyone should be themselves like Langston, Crampston, the third. <laughs> Brian Cranston. <laughs> Brian Cranston, three. Um, so Jess, what I'm getting here is that you uh, played the games mm-hmm. at the arcade and at your cousin uh, Sean's house. Sean's house. It's a real Jess Lane cousin name. Yeah. Aren't you, don't you? I feel like you have like seven relatives named Sean. I feel like that's the name you pull out anytime you're talking about someone you're related to. So actually, I think he just has the coolest stories. I think you're probably thinking oh, the story okay. where he was the in the newspaper Sean. for having uh, like 35 pets or something. Okay, but you didn't actually, tell me about that, but what? Oh, I think I told you about it like 10 years ago. But <laughs> the rest of, the cousin, rest of my family is actually extremely No, Italian. pause. Your cousin was in the newspaper for having 35 pets? Yeah, I still have the clipping in my photo album. He had. I guess my first of... question is, like, was he well? <laughs> yes. They had, okay. like, skinks and turtles and lizards and snakes and a hedgehog and... How big had, was the house that he lived in? They had a big, nice house with a big backyard. Okay. They were fine. Okay. The hedgehogs had yeah, a lot of room pets, to roam. The pets were happy. They were all very yeah. well taken care of. He was a very responsible kid. And, the you know, the, the dad was into it as well. So the dad also contributed plenty to the well-being of the animals. Did he know all their names? Yeah. Yeah. I think I knew all of their names, too. Like I, was, wow. like I said, I was there all the time. But the rest of my family is overwhelmingly Italian. So the rest of my family is like 
Tony, Frank and Bologna, Josie and Frank. Anne-Marie and yeah. Daniel and and Mario, stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Luigi, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be counterculture for an Italian person to name their kid Wario like these days? <laughs> Or would it be? Mm, no, it'd be better to, na- to name your kid hard like Ignazio or something because, like, that's cool. Well, I guess like take it back. Luigi and Mario would be very would be you could slip them in, but I think naming your kids after you like, couldn't do like Mario first name Luigi middle name. Ooh, honestly, Luigi Mario I think is a is a little slicker. Okay, yeah. Well, that was Luigi, you know, that was, Louis, Luigi, that was Luigi's Mario, full name in the Pelosi. Mario movie. <laughs> Pelosi. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that one yeah. of my family's last name is is Rappa Rizzo M. Pelosi. Well, are you related to to the Nancy Pelosi? I mean, maybe if you go far enough back, but I'm not reaping any of the benefits. Yeah, benefits or my mom's new crusade not... is proving that we're related to John Adams, who she's now convinced was Jewish. That's very uh, fun. <laughs> she's on, I, I, listen, I think it's because she's on Ancestry.com and doesn't really understand how the website works oh, okay. and has been, like, connecting dots that are not, like, real. I could be wrong about that, but that is my <laughs> that's my impression. And then she's been sending me a lot of articles about how, like, John Adams is definitely uh, Jewish. <laughs> or was. Sorry, was uh, that definitely would be nice. Jewish. I guess. I guess. I don't know. I don't have like the cool. like biggest feelings about the founding fathers. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I guess it is like a it's kind of like a negative association now to be like, oh, founding father, the guys who set us up with all these problems, we have to like unravel now. Yeah. To be yeah. fair, they probably were like, I wouldn't assume any rule I set now would be in place hundreds of years from now. <laughs> <laughs> They're That's probably true. like, That's I'm true. sure they'll, I'm sure they'll make adjustments as they go along. And we've like, left, no. the, we've left a process for this to be revised. Yeah, and then half of the country's like, no, no. I want to do it the same. Yeah. No. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, uh, so you played Mortal Kombat, but you know, if I put like pictures of Mortal Kombat guys in front of you, would you be able to name them? There's probably like five of them that I could name, but no. And Which I've five? also, I would say, I have also like do not play video games at all anymore the last video game i played was probably in like 2007 when i would play like rock band or or whatever the guitar hero and stuff like that and i have not even watched a person video games when you were a nerdist with me no i was a poser I was just yeah. a, I was just a really good comedy writer. You just give me the specifics and I can plug and play. You did show up with a fedora on and with like kind of colorful glasses with little frames that were popular at the time. And anytime I was like, hey, Jess, who's your favorite Dragon Ball character? You'd say, um, m'lady and tip your hat. And I, it was like a smoke screen. I would just be like, I guess she's a nerd. Yeah. I guess. Okay. That's actually one of the only other podcasts I've been on in the last like 10 years was a Dragon Ball Z podcast where it was very similar. It was like, we just watch an wow. episode and I like am incredulous about it. I have never once seen an episode of that show. Oh, I think you would actually love it. I think I would love it, but I know. like the first, I've seen the first like six episodes of the original Dragon Ball where mm-hmm, Goku's mm-hmm. like a weird, oh, horny, yeah, yeah, horny yeah, yeah, little yeah. kid. 
and there's like a lot more dinosaurs and stuff and a lot more emphasis on like wildlife for some reason and uh that show rules but the stuff i've seen from dragon ball z i'm like this seems more about muscle guys fighting and Mm. um i don't feel safe well i guess we'll launch a new (laughs) podcast where we both watch dragon ball z for the first time and we're gonna yeah. fall in love with it. I think we would probably yeah. wind up it's loving it. It's called Ball Boys, and it's about us just <laughs> falling in love with Dragon <laughs> Ball. That's exactly what the podcast Ball Boys is about. Yeah, that's, that got to be taken. Honestly, there's got to be enough podcasts about Dragon Ball Z that Ball Boys is out there. You know, I thought that about Mortal Podcast, but here we are. It's mine. Good for you. Yeah, I got no one to... else was brave enough. No, there's a lot of cowardice out there, and I don't hold any of it. Whereas <laughs> anyone else willing to make a Mortal Kombat podcast uh, does and did. There is there is a a show that is a good Mortal Kombat podcast that I would like to shout out here, made by two very dedicated listeners of this show, called MK Podquest, which mm. is the funniest <laughs> way to to do a Mortal Kombat podcast name uh that isn't mortal podcast but is a sister to it it's really funny actually i'm amazed by how funny that show is it's great everyone should listen to it once the show ends and you're looking for another mortal Kombat thing to listen to pop on mk podquest by neil and Corey. that's all that's the plug for me for today um so <laughs> you're just your for your shout out i'm just shouting out some good buds doing good things so uh all right so jess you're familiar mm-hmm. with mortal Kombat, and you can name maybe five guys um well, we're yeah. going to talk about a uh, sixth guy today who's actually a girl but first <gasps> we're going to uh do a little creative prompt see every season of mortal podcast since i thought about doing it uh there has been a prompt that i like to ask my guests which is based on a sort of theme that ties uh the season together a theme that uh it's kind of a question that every character we talk about in that season has has been asked at some point uh so the question that we're addressing this season is the question of if you could go back in time and change anything in your life what would it be and so jess i ask you if you could go back in time what would you change so i actually know the answer to this because i think about it all the time 9 11 (laughs) No, but I oh, it's York. not. I never okay, did. yeah, it's it's not yeah. that. But it was around the same time, actually. Probably on September eleventh, okay. two thousand and one was was when I would have been deciding what college to go to mm. because I was a senior in high school and mm. I was um, applying for schools and I probably applied. Uh, my dream was to go to the School of Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. Mm-hmm. and get a dual degree in fine arts and chemistry. Uh, they did a dual degree program with Tufts. But, uh, and I was like top of my class. I was like a poor like kid, had like, like no money. or double major. I know, right? Wouldn't that be so sick? And I was like yeah. really into video art for some, like, for some reason, because I loved movies and I would always borrow my richer friend's camcorders and make like <laughs> sketches uh-huh. and music videos for school projects. Like one of my friends literally was like, Jess, I have to do, one of the options I can do for my journalism midterm is a is the music video. Will you make it for me? And I was like, of course I will. 
did like yeah. in-camera editing to like uh oh what was it, it was fatboy slim right here or right now or whatever <laughs> um it was yeah i did a lot of in-camera editing video projects in school too i hear you oh yeah um and then uh but i was like i was really poor kid top of my class so i was applying to like ivies and shit like that and I got into the Tufts program, the dual degree program at the Tufts and the School of Museum of Fine Arts. And like School of Museum of Fine Arts, even as far as like art schools go, was like the weird, modern, contemporary, experimental, weirdo one. And, uh, but I also got into Columbia University for chemical engineering. And so everyone in my life, including my like, guidance counselor my family I didn't know anyone cool so everyone was like oh you have to go to Columbia you have to do chemical engineering because you know you don't have any money no one's going to be able to get you a job like you have to get a job you have to do the real thing and if I met a teenager who was making this kind of decision I feel like me and everyone who is my friend would be like don't go to college (laughs) well that (laughs) <laughs> but they would be like, if you do, go to that one. Go yeah. to the art school with the thing that you're really passionate about. And you also are still getting a chemistry degree. You will still have at, at still a really you can still do school. potions. You're still yeah. going to have all of the best chances. You're still going to be fine. Um, the one benefit of being in at Columbia was that I realized that I liked New York City. I was such a shy kid that I... Um, thought that New York is too big a place and I don't want to go there. So I was like, Boston is the perfect size. Um, but I would have been with all the freaks and weirdos. And so I still yeah, would have had belong. a good time. I still would have gone to like all the city stuff that Boston has to offer. Maybe I would have moved to Providence. Maybe I still would have moved to New York after the fact. But I like the version, the idea of a Jessalyn that live, grew up in Boston is amusing to me. <laughs> I would I would have went from Jersey to Boston. I would have just yeah. got even more brash. <laughs> and I've gotten I've gotten there. I, the other thing was like I was deathly shy. I was so sh- shy and quiet at that point in life. So like I came I I had my journey. I like the place where I'm at now and I love who I am now, but I do feel like I wasted maybe like 10 or 15 years getting to where I am now that if I had gone and done the thing that I wanted to do and sort of been put in a place where I could excel, because I also didn't like chemical engineering because chemical engineering is also just like another like degree of deconstruction and bastardization of what I enjoyed about chemistry. Um, Which was was mixing two liquids together and then there's a big poof and a puff of smoke (laughs) comes out of the top. Yeah. But, and then and, it turns a different also, color. I also just like really did not thrive in a space that was so old school, old money, really like hierarchical as Columbia. And I feel like I eventually transferred to Wesleyan where I found that all of the rich people got to pretend they were poor and just be like cool and esoteric and stuff. And I think Tufts would have been, you know, somewhere in the middle. So I wouldn't have been so self-conscious about having no money so i would absolutely have changed that and i think i would have gotten to a very similar place where i am now but that's that's my one that's my one actual thing i would go back and change about my life where was the part where you studied puppets 
I did start doing that at Columbia. I was so unhappy with chemical engineering that I took like painting class and costume design class and was like just like a puppeteer with uh, someone else's senior thesis. And then mm. when I transferred to Wesleyan, I also worked at the costume shop there and that there was also a large puppetry movement and got to like do a puppet show at, um, build all the puppets and costumes for the puppets and do a puppet show at the Kennedy Center with that. Respect. Yeah. That's tight. Puppets rule. There should be more puppets. There should be an all puppet Mortal Kombat movie <laughs> where they wear big sweatpants and tight tank tops. <laughs> that could be the that could be the project. It's my triumphant return to puppetry. Yeah. I think you're ready. I will say one of the biggest things about my life right now as a thirty eight year old woman gasp is that I am trying to like return to all of the like creative things I did, how freely I pursued creative the things and different modes of creativity in my like twenties and my uh like getting a, a easel set up and maybe doing puppetry or just doing whatever I want is like something I'm trying to get back to. It's wild to hear you say that because that is how I have always uh seen you. <laughs> Someone I know. who just pursues whatever creative stuff she's interested <laughs> in. Uh but I want to sort of be like more no mixed, hesitation, mixed, mixed media, media mixed. Yeah, well, you're doing that. Because... You got a, you got a rock band. And you're doing comedy stuff, and you're That's you're true. writing, and you're now you're doing puppets again. <laughs> yeah, I want to get back into like watercolor and oil painting. That's that's high on my list. Yeah. I actually want to start. You should absolutely should. I, I've I actually like wanted it. to start sketching like tattoos to see if I want to be a tattoo artist do it that's cool i know right if you become a tattoo artist uh i will get a full sleeve I i'll go from know. no tattoos to full sleeve and you can do it i don't believe you i think your jewish ancestor john adams would be very disappointed to hear that's fine god's fake get, i think like 70 <laughs> all 70 mortal Kombat characters tattooed in a sleeve wow uh I think if you need I to could... go if you need to do a little bit onto the other arm that's okay too <laughs> just spill I over think a little my, bit <laughs> whatever my future design like my tattoo yeah. style would be would probably be a really palatable way to get such a tattoo versus like everyone's first thought of just like this horribly cringy like tr like realistic i would probably do like a really cool kind of like edgy like mostly line drawing kind of version of it edgy like they're nude fun. or like or like uh artistically edgy I would say artistically edgy, but Got if it. you want them to be nude, that's kind of funny and cool too. I would love I to a do a debaucherous. Possibly crossing over my clavicle onto the other arm where it's just all the Mortal Kombat characters <laughs> just sucking and fucking. Just going ham. <laughs> that, I mean, is kind of, this is the inspiration that I needed to really make the plot, make the jump, jump yeah. into the deep end of tattoo this design. This is the kind of vision that you needed to push you. well great answer so you'd change um uh you know one thing but you'd be the same person that's a good answer it says a lot nothing could change yeah. you for being the jess you are today um okay so the character we're talking about today 
is named Jackie Briggs. Oh. Jackie, Jackie's a recent character. You might not be super familiar with her um, or at all familiar with her. She actually debuted <laughs> in the games, uh, I think, around the time that we started working together and started becoming friends Ooh, um, okay. around 2015. So somewhere in that, in that zone um, in Mortal Kombat X. Uh, and she's got, a, she's got a big history in Mortal Kombat because she's the daughter of a, a major character named Jax. Do you know who Jax is? Do you remember Jax? He's the guy with big robot arms. Oh, okay, cool. No. Yeah, great. <laughs> well, let's let me let me fill you in. So here's what you need to know about Jackie. Jackie was uh born to Major Jackson Briggs and Vera Briggs. Um Jax is Major Jackson Briggs' nickname. Uh as Jackie grew up, she always heard the same stories from her dad. Uh he was a former soldier um who would always tell her uh, that there were many dimensions, um, and our universe is just one of them. And once he fought in a fighting tournament to defend our uh, realm from another realm called Outworld, and a ghost ripped his arms off, which is why he has cyborg arms. Um, and the queen of that realm actually murdered him, at which point a necromancer in a place called the Nether Realm, who had stolen his soul, used him as an undead revenant soldier in a war against Earth Realm where he was, the necromancer was trying to resurrect an elder god, one of the beings who created the many realms. Um, but ultimately, that sorcerer was defeated by Jax's uh, partner and still best friend, Sonya Blade. Um, like combat partner, not like romantic partner. That's mm-hmm, Vera. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, well no one can ma- see this, but I'm nodding furiously. This, yeah, I'm nodding. Aggressively. I'm yeah. I also just um, want to say, so he's, he, let all, he let his daughter know all of this? Yeah, as she was growing up, you know, he'd always tell this her, like, great. no, honey, there That's are many dimensions. Do you remember how daddy had his arms ripped off by a ghost? And that's why he's got these mechanical arms. And that's why it, it like... feels so cold when he hugs you to his chest. That's so um, great. That sounds like he's a really good dad. Because when when my little brother was seven, we were like, do you know where your dad is? And, and he was like, yeah, he's dead. And we were like, oh, no, he's just kind of like shitty and not around anymore. So... Not everyone does a good job of explaining <laughs> these things to their kids. <laughs> how, how old was he? When he brother, he was, I think maybe he was like maybe he was more like four or five. I said the wrong yeah. age, but yeah, yeah, he was he was a little he was like an elder toddler. Yeah. Oh, sorry, like, sorry. I didn't mean to confuse you guys. I meant to me. Oh, okay, you get it. You get it. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, I meant he's essentially dead. So I'm very so far. It sounds like Jax right. is a really good dad, and I'm that sounds cool. And also, she's well, a daddy's daddy's girl named named after dad, right? Jackson after Jackie. Dad. Yeah. Uh, listen, your opinion on his parenting skills may wax it and wane change? throughout okay, the okay. story. But right. listen, I I agree that honesty is the best policy. So yeah, pretty much since she was a little kid, you know, her dad was always like, oh, there are other dimensions. Oh, I fought in a fighting tournament to decide whether another dimension with centaurs and dragon people could take over our realm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, that's how I lost. That's how daddy got his robot arms. A ghost ripped them off um, using telekinesis. Um, they just popped off like juicy fruits. They just, um, and, uh, and so obviously a part of the story he always told his daughter was like, you know, daddy actually died once. Um, he had a, a high heel was put through his throat um, by the queen of another dimension. 
That's um, hot. But, but Daddy was brought back as a zombie um, and used by a necromancer in a war to resurrect an evil elder god that was essentially the biblical Lucifer, but was a character named Shinnok in the world of Mortal Kombat because the biblical Lucifer also exists. But at this point, Shinnok had actually defeated him. Um, and, you know, thankfully, Daddy was saved by your Aunt Sonia, Daddy's best friend, and, um, you know, the biggest movie star in the country, Johnny Cage. Oh, together who are now married so you know them as like your uncle johnny and aunt sonia um but yeah they saved daddy they they helped resurrect him from the dead and that's why daddy's back was a story that she was always told as she as she grew up um and oh sorry and also like of course raiden the god of thunder participated in in saving me and resurrecting me honey okay jackie was like yeah. yeah dad he did um and uh it was during their, the like meet cute of Jackie's parents that she always heard was like, and then when daddy was recovering from the PTSD of having been an undead slave for years um, in a dimension where everything's on fire, that is, is essentially what if hell is a dimension. Um, uh-huh. As daddy was recovering from PTSD, the nurse that was working with him was your mommy and we fell in love and that's how we had you. Um, and so that was kind of the, the romantic story that she was told her whole life growing up. <laughs> well, you look like... <laughs> Is that is, not, you don't find I that love romantic? that I love so her mom is just like a straight up regular ass person a regular oh, ass yeah. person okay yeah. that's great yeah. that's this Hero. is also very similar to sorry no spoilers but like a plot line from the most recent season of Westworld I uh haven't kept up with Westworld since season one but I am more interested than I have been in a really long time hearing that <laughs> it's not as much as close it's just the nurse the nurse wife aspect having a wife who's a nurse is something that happens in last world yeah (laughs) yeah got it got it got it it. um so uh so jackie grew up on a farm a pretty like secluded farm because her dad definitely like was dealing with ptsd from all this stuff like Mm -hmm, since then mm -hmm. and was very obsessed with like keep it safe, keep the family safe, do whatever I can to protect the family. Um, there are an untold number of dimensions. So you never know when someone's going to come back and like try to fuck with us. Um, I have to protect my daughter. Uh, but at the same time, Jackie's like family, like her best friend was the daughter of uh, American movie star, Johnny Cage and Jax's former partner, Sonia Blade, uh, a girl named Cassie Cage. So Jackie and Cassie were together all the time. Sometimes Jackie would go to L.A. to stay with uh, Cassie when Cassie was living with her dad. Eventually, Cassie's parents split up. Um, Or to, like, a military base to hang out with Cassie when she was staying with her mom. Because Sonia stayed in the Special Forces, which is the Department of the U.S. Military that polices our relations with other dimensions. Okay, I'm just going to say right now, I had no idea that this was this detailed. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. It's so human. <laughs> There's divorces and yeah. children and legacies mm-hmm. and just just sounds like you're talking about like two people. <laughs> two <Yeah>. real people. <laughs> it's the greatest uh work of fiction probably ever created by human beings. Okay, I'm fascinated. I'm yeah. you're gonna hook me. <laughs> oh, I it seems like you're already hooked. <laughs> You're going to be playing Mortal Kombat 11 like later today. You're going to text me and be like, where can I get a PS5? 
I'm going to apply for a job. I'm going to be like, this is like the most inspiring story. Like I've been disillusioned. I haven't been really wanting to be like a TV writer, but finally there's a story with enough nuance and humanity that I want to get back in. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I forget if I've told this story on the show before, but uh, in film school, so this this show is really just an evolution of something that I've always been doing. In film school, a couple of friends and I tried to talk our entire film school class of like 30 people into, for what, you know, every like semester we'd have another project. So it's like this semester we're doing our, we're all shooting a three minute short on film project. This semester we're doing our, we're all doing a six minute short on digital project. Um, we tried to talk our entire class into each doing an origin story for a Mortal Kombat character as our film school project. <laughs> so that at the screening, the first one would come up and you'd be like, oh, weird. Like someone in the class decided to do like Scorpion's origin story. And then the next one would come up and you'd be like, someone else did. Is this also a Mortal Kombat thing? And then you'd get, it just would eventually you'd watch 32 like short films where you're like, oh my God, they all. They all did a Mortal Kombat short. I just sat through two hours of like Mortal Kombat stuff. Uh, I think we got like half the class on board. Yeah, that's like the most Ben story I've ever heard. (laughs) So all all that to say, Jackie had a mostly sheltered life raised by her dad who who had serious PTSD and a lot of fear. Um, but, you know, would get the chance to hang out with Cassie, who was kind of the opposite of her. Cassie's dad is a movie star, and her mom mm-hmm. uh, was, like, a very distracted, very... Wor- similar to Jax, she was a soldier, so she was very much like, I have to work overtime to do whatever I can to protect uh, Earthrealm and protect mm-hmm. my my kid. So, so Cassie felt kind of ignored by her mom, and then when she was in L.A., she was like a movie brat. So... Uh, when Jackie was hanging out with Cassie, she got to have a good time. Um, and other than that, like the only thing her dad really let her do uh, was take kickboxing classes because she was really <laughs> into martial arts. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, right now I'm just like, okay, where is this going? What? Where does Jackie Briggs go? Where Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. So, uh... So Jackie would always hang out with Cassie, who was super assertive and would drag her into shit. Um, for example, at a certain point, Cassie had kind of like run away from her mom's place just to live with her dad, who was always on set. So she always had like this nice uh, house to herself in L.A. Um, and one night she was like, hey, Jackie, since you're sleeping over tonight anyway, we should go to a club. I have fa- I have a fake ID. I could get us in. Bad and voice. Jackie was like, OK, yeah. So they go to this club. It's 21 and up. They're not 21 yet. And Jackie's like, oh, this is so exciting. Cassie's taking me to the club. And they go to the club and they find out it's not just any club. It's a fight club. There were people what? fighting in an arena. Yeah, while people watched. And Jackie's like, whoa. As a, as a martial arts enthusiast, naturally, because my dad was like this great fighter and everyone I've like grown up around was like fought in a fighting tournament to defend our our dimension she's like oh this is cool i'm excited to watch um fighting like i feel like i'm doing something kind of dangerous and then cassie's like oh yeah and check this out i'm gonna go register to fight and jackie's like oh you're bad so cassie goes off to register um to to participate in this fighting tournament jackie's watching a fight 
Uh, and then she sees one of the fighters fully murder the other fighter because it turns <gasps> out this is a fight to the death club. Okay, that's not that's not going to be good for her friend Cassie. I have a quick question. Yeah. The details of this story are such that you're telling me, specifically uh-huh. the um, Cassie and Jackie attending a fight club. Yeah. Where does this information come from? Is this in the Mortal Kombat X game? Is this in like a booklet? Is this, this in a, a, a like novel? This is in a, a comic novella? book. This, this was in the book. comic okay. book that was released shortly before Mortal Kombat X came out, which was the game that yes. uh, Cassie and Jackie debuted in. Okay, this is wonderful. This is really yeah. filling in the picture for me because I was like, this is so detailed. This could this have possibly the, be this all the comic I read on my phone uh, at Nerdist while sitting across from you in the office <laughs> pretending to work. Well, I had on my Hulk hands. Yeah. Well, you had on your prop Hulk hands and were pretending to type on your keyboard. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, great. Yeah, so uh, so Jackie's like, oh no, I have to go stop Cassie from registering for this. And she runs over to stop Cassie, but it's too late. Some bouncers grab Jackie and grab Cassie, and they're like, you have to fight. If you registered, you have to fight. And they push Cassie into the ring. And suddenly Cassie is uh, fighting against a um, another person in, uh, in this fighting ring. Uh-huh. Um, and it's ostensibly to the death. And to make matters worse, the person that she's fighting reveals themselves to be a cryomancer, uh, which is someone that can control ice. Um, and okay. uh, and so Cassie's, Cassie's like, like severely outnumbered here. Cassie's just like, yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, historically speaking, her dad does have the ability to conjure some kind of green magic. And they don't okay. know the origins of it other than it's okay. part of him being a descendant of a Mediterranean war cult. But Cassie hasn't manifested any of that magic yet. Okay. And as far as she knows, she can't, she doesn't, she doesn't know yet if she can. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Jackie's like, Oh no, what's going to happen? Um, Cassie's like gonna die. She actually does manage to defeat uh, this cryomancer in the ring, just in hand to hand combat. Um, but then things get complicated because Cassie's like, I don't want to kill this person. And so they're going to execute Jackie to like force Cassie to, they're like, either you kill her or we kill your friend. Oh, wow. And it's like a really tense situation, uh, that gets interrupted when boom, 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 all of a sudden these bombs go off, glass shatters in the ceiling and in drop, uh, these two mercenaries named Tasia and and Jarek, um, who are members of this mercenary, this notorious mercenary group called the Black Dragon. Um, okay. And it's interesting here because Jax, Jackie's dad, has actually a history with these two people before he and Sonia discovered that there were other dimensions. They mm-hmm. were actually working together to take down this crime syndicate called the Black Dragon. And Jax famously in a terrible spinoff game that everybody hates called Mortal Kombat Special Forces um, famously took on both Tasia and Jarek. Um, and now here they are years later uh, running free um, and they have invaded this uh, fight club. But why? What do they want? Yeah, who uh, sent Jack- them? Who sent them? What or is it, are they on a personal mission? 
maybe they're just like hanging out and this is just how they enter rooms um <laughs> jackie jackie uses the distraction of this shit show uh to knock out the bouncer who's holding her and go free cassie from the the fighting cage <laughs> um but uh it turns out jarek and tasia are actually after them they grab cassie they grab jackie and they take them to another dimension through a oh, portal shit. into this is not a the place end of called the outworld this is the beginning of this story that's right it would be wild if i was like and then they won the fighting tournament the end then they went over um, normal they went to college no we got years of stuff to get through <laughs> so <laughs> they go to wesleyan um and uh <laughs> study sorcery um so they uh they get brought to outworld and dragged before the infamous leader of the black dragon this guy named kano uh and kano is oh, a real piece familiar. of shit yeah he's the guy with like a metal plate in his face he has like a laser eye um okay, he's australian yeah. Um, but uh-huh, only because uh-huh, they cast uh-huh. an Australian. Well, they cast an English actor who did an Australian accent in the in the first movie, so that's from then the character was Australian. Um, anyway, gotta Kano. Keep, gotta, yeah. I forgot the name for <laughs> Kano. Keep being mean to Australian people, Brit. <laughs> Is that what you're gonna say? No, <laughs> that was you. <laughs> Got it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the Black Dragon um their leader kano's there and he's like oi hello girls and he's uh got some kind of plans for them we don't know what they are yet um because almost as soon as he greets them the black dragon gets attacked by the red dragon which is a different group of uh they're a lot not really like mercenaries they're like a more shadowy group they're kind of like the illuminati um and the black dragon are actually group that broke off from the red dragon because they were like instead of controlling things why don't we sell things um so the red dragon yeah the red dragon attack and they're like we also want these two girls um because we have our own intentions and their leader mavado is like kano my old rival we meet again and jackie's like what the fuck is going on yeah it's a lot I'm in another dimension and I don't know why these guys have beef and it has nothing to do with me and what is happening. If I was a teenage girl, I'd be like, finally, a bunch of dudes are fighting over me. Okay, but here's <laughs> the thing. Is that true? Uh, in this situation, no. is that what you'd think? Actually, no. 38 current me. Current yeah. me would be like, finally, a bunch of That's right, studly huh? himbos are fighting <laughs> over me. I was like, boys, boys, there's enough of me to go around. You don't have yeah. to. It's time to unite the, the black dragon and red dragon. Yeah. Through the power By entering a throuple with Jess Lane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, listen, Jackie and Cassie, uh, less focused on that, more focused on yeah. survival. Um, yeah. They're terrified. And then, uh, confoundingly, they are actually unshackled and fr- as like fire erupts, as the black dragon and the red dragon just start like shooting at each other and wielding swords and using I don't know magic shit that they've stolen from other dimensions. Um, they actually get freed by one of the members of the black dragon, this cowboy guy named Aaron Black. He says, "Hey, I'm gonna get out of here. 
with you guys, I can get you to safety. Um, and they're like, what are you working for? Like a third team? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Mm. So they, they basically, as soon as he unshackles them, they kick his ass <laughs> and, oh. uh, and run for it. Cause they're like, we don't know what the fuck's going on, but we don't want anything to do with you. And then, mm. uh, Here's where things get really buck wild. They're running for it. Red dragon guys are trying to grab them. Black dragon guys are trying to grab them. So they just like grab a couple of guns off the ground from some dead people f- from this firefight. And Jackie uh-huh. and Cassie just start firing wildly into the crowd because they're like, ah, get away from they, me. They were so opposed to murder like half an hour ago yeah. at this club. And this now they're just club. like, I mean, I guess like if I got grabbed, ripped over to another dimension <laughs> and two different groups of like gun toting maniacs were trying to to take me for reasons that I don't even understand, I could see myself being pushed in a survivalist mode. Yeah, uh, especially with, changed. Yeah, these characters are both like descendants of of uh, warriors, right? So they're they're very much like they just start yelling and firing machine guns. <laughs> And Black Dragon, Red Dragon people are just getting shredded. Um, but Mavado, the leader of the Red Dragon, manages to catch up to them um, and try to take their guns away. But Cassie and Jackie, who are just like feral at this point, um, <laughs> beat Mavado down. Cassie grabs one of his famous uh, hook swords, which are swords that just hook around at the end. And okay. Jackie screams, finish him! And Cassie straight up disembowels this guy with his sword. And uh, Movado falls over uh, dead, organs spilling out of his guts. Wow. So do okay, so here's a prediction. Yeah. Is then it like, because they've defeated the leader of the Red Dragons, are they now the new leaders of the Red Dragon? Like, in that sort of like a succession kind of way? Um, no, some like random red dragon just kidnap them and take them to another location. Oh, that's too bad. They should have, they deserve more respect than that. Yeah, they go, they get, they get taken to, uh, they get taken to a place called Shang Tsung's Island, which is an island formerly owned by a guy named Shang Tsung is actually the location of the fighting tournament that Jax had fought in many years ago. Mm. Um, it's now derelict. The island is abandoned. No one's really been here since that tournament. Shang Tsung himself dead. But uh, Jackie and Cassie are dragged before the person who requested they be kidnapped. He's got a cool face that he ripped off of his skull. So he's got a skeleton face. He's got a big old club. And he's got a big old cloak on. His name is Havoc. And he is... Uh, oh. Yeah. yeah this, were you expecting it to be Havoc? <laughs> No. Did that catch you I off guard? Know. Yeah, yeah. I caught my little. Who'd you think guard. it was going to be, Dantig? <laughs> I don't really have any. You, That's you didn't really have generous of you to think about that his. I would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got it. Uh, well, it is Havoc, and he is the Chaos Cleric. He's a cleric from a place called the Chaos Realm. It's an entire dimension that uh, lives for chaos. They worship water because it holds no form. Um, and they, uh, they also, uh, have a, like national sport for their entire realm. Um, it's called everybody run around and there aren't the (gasps) rules and everyone just starts running around and it's not like over at any specific point in time because this is the chaos realm, baby. 
Oh, okay. I was like, wait, this doesn't make any sense, but I forgot that it was the chaos realm. Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, it's like there's no rules, just right, like the Outback Steakhouse. It just sounds like they're little kids, though. Like that's a little kid game. Um, or it's a very cool and grown-up way to live. They're nihilists. <laughs> they're anarchists. I mean, that's definitely how I've been living my life yeah. for the last year. Yeah. Since vaccination. <laughs> you know, just do stuff. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. Um, the, I think it's cool. The Brad, the, uh, Brad, Brad Pitt quote, he was asked why he wore the skirt by no. a like reporter or like a red carpet person. And he was like, I don't know, man, we're all going to die. Let's mess it up a little bit. And I was like, <laughs> yes, this That's is a classic how downtown mess around. Also. Yeah. <laughs> that's good uh yeah listen good for skirts and good for havoc in the chaos realm except bad for him he's yeah. bad and it's a bad thing that he's okay. doing um he well, has... you, i guess i'll find out more but it sounds like i might like to live in the chaos realm honestly that's probably where i'd go it seems fun okay it does seem really cool and fun um it's also like relatively peaceful because nobody like there's not like a war because no one believes in anything this is just anarchism. This yeah. is great. Yeah. Everyone believes in nothing and everybody runs around. It's like Sick. real life. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> uh, as soon as they get there, Havoc is like, good. And basically has him chained up and starts torturing Jackie um, h- horrifically oh. for days oh, in no. front of Cassie while making Cassie watch. It's clearly something he wants out of Cassie. And um, mm. and that is for her to present that latent magic that she has in inside of her that I mentioned earlier that she inherited from her dad, the green magic. Oh, okay. Which uh, which we know they inherited because down the family line, uh, they're the descendants of a Mediterranean war cult. Yes, um, you did mention that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So so he's trying to get her to present that that magic, um, by torturing someone she cares about in front of her, uh, but it isn't working. So he changes tactic. And he cuts Jackie with a Kamidogu dagger, which is a uh, mystical dagger. We don't have to really get into it for, for Jackie's story, okay. but it's uh, <laughs> one of the daggers that was used to create the realms themselves by, wow. by cutting up God, basically, and turning him into a bunch of realms. Um, so and that's so, just a bit of overkill. He could have just sliced Jackie with a regular sword of any kind. Yeah, but there's like an intention here. He, he, he kind of like cuts her with it because... Uh, it allows him to use the blood code to uh, enslave her with blood magic. So she becomes not unlike her dad when he was an undead slave. She's living, but she's controlled by blood magic and becomes like Havoc's servant, basically. Like those beetles that have that like fungus inside of them. Yeah, John, Paul, George, Ringo. Exactly. With them. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Uh... Like John, Paul, George, and Rango. I think uh, uh, to some degree so far, it seems like Havoc is kind of like Cassie's mentor. Like, come on, Cassie. Yeah, he just wants her to be the best she can be. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is just like a karate kid training montage. Yeah. Um, You know, sort of in like a super fucked up way, I guess so. He, uh, yeah. he does have a motive, though. So he, he, he winds up uh, then having Jackie cut Cassie. She becomes a blood magic slave as well. Um, 
and uh, as heroes of Outworld and of Earthrealm come to the island to try to stop Havoc, um, and Jackie and Cassie are used as like his mind-controlled warriors, um, it becomes mm-hmm. clear what his master plan is, which is that he plans on uh, resurrecting Shinnok, um, who is the evil elder god that uh, that Jax had been enslaved and, and sort of being used as a pawn to try to resurrect. Mm-hmm. So Jax was controlled by a necromancer who was trying to bring back Shinnok. Havoc, similarly, is trying to bring back Shinnok, you know, years later and is enslaving Jackie. So it's very cyclical, you know, now she's a blood slave um, as he tries to use this weird, like, blood magic ritual this time. He's just trying a different tactic to bring Shinnok back. Um, Can you drop in, like, a Red Hot Chili Peppers like music here is yeah. that a thing that you can do like yeah like, i can do sex magic yeah okay. should, I, should i just play like the whole album or just yeah just i don't want it to get taken down right maybe if i just put all oh, the okay. like if i just chop it up and put it all out of order it'll be fine just put the john daly making fun of red hot chili, <laughs> chili peppers in <laughs> happy to include okay, any john so- daly at any time yeah, so okay, so he's he's doing the blood magic on them. He's doing blood magic on them. People are coming to the island to try to stop him because they hear tell that he's bringing back Shinnok, but uh but Jackie and Cassie and and the more people show up, the more people they slice with the blood daggers and the Kamidoku ah. daggers, and they become blood slaves. It's like a real mess where basically anyone who tries to stop them just very gets captured and zombified pretty much. Um That's pretty funny. Yeah. Even even Johnny and Cage and Sonia Blade come to the island to try to find their daughter. Um, but Jackie and Cassie actually wind up fighting them, slicing them with the daggers, and even Johnny and Sonia become blood magic slaves. It's like, oh no, who could what possibly... What hope is there left? There's nothing left. I haven't told you about any other characters, so there's no reason you'd think anyone's left. <laughs> he, even, he even got Raiden, the Thunder God. Jax is not here. Jax didn't come to the party, um, but uh, everyone else is 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 a blood magic slave until um a young ninja named Takeda Takahashi shows up on the island with his own personal vendetta that he's trying to work out. He uh sneaks up on Havoc, slices Havoc's hands off so Havoc cannot uh wield his blood magic anymore. Um and uh while Havoc did he was able to bring forth the amulet of Shinnok, which is like the object that Shinnok is um trapped inside of like, like a totem mm-hmm. yeah he wasn't able to actually free shinnok so havoc's defeated um everyone who had been turned into a blood magic servant is freed um that's nice that's yeah. a good reason to cut off the hands it is yeah he did it um other stuff happened but that's that's the headline there is that takeda takahashi showed up and sliced some hands <laughs> um and uh and jackie was free um Earthrealm, from that point forward, swore that they would protect Shinnok's amulet now that it had been uh, loosed into the realm. So they were like, we'll hold on to this thing and make sure Shinnok never escapes again. Um, And then Jackie was like, I guess I can return home. That was such a fucked up experience. I just wanted to go to the club. And then all this (laughs) stuff happened. (laughs) Um, And she kind of comes out of it similarly traumatized the way her, her dad was because she's similar to him had just spent a bunch of time like murdering people for years. Well, not years. She, yeah. He spent years doing it. She spent like, uh, I don't know, a few days a week murdering people under the control of like a faceless demon from another dimension. Also, it was like the first time she'd ever left her dimension. All, all this stuff became too real too fast. 
Um, <laughs> and it was really traumatizing. So she heads home to the farm, certain that like Jax is never going to let her leave home again. Um, and uh, when she gets there, she's surprised to find uh, her dad puts a gun in her hand. And she's like, why are you giving me this? And he says, uh, I want you to learn how to defend yourself. I've held you back. Um, I don't want to take credit for this. It was your mom's idea. She said that instead of, you know, keeping you in here on the farm and protecting you, like it would be wiser to allow you to do what you've been wanting to do all these years, which is join the special forces like your dad did and, uh, and learn how to defend yourself and defend the realm and, and take control of your life instead of me being overprotective and trying to protect you. Um, and, uh, Jackie breaks down and says to her dad, you know, I, I hurt people and I killed people and there were times when I wanted to mm -hmm. give up and I didn't even want to be alive. Um, and the only thing that got me through it was knowing that you had gone to hell and back before you ever met mom and before you ever had me literally. Um, and that's what, what helped me get through it. And she and her dad have this like powerful bonding moment with this, this shared wow. trauma that they now have. Wow. Well, that's, that's an incredible story. It is, but wait, there's more. <laughs> Oh, oh, <laughs> it's just the beginning. <laughs> um, you know, not, it's not, not the beginning. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's up to before she appears in any video games. So, yeah, that sounds right. yeah. so, uh, years later, Jackie is officially a member of special forces. She's kind of a trainee still, but she's about ready to be sent on her first mission. And she has a team that she's working with that is led by uh their their leader is is kind of so sonia's overseeing but she's a general so she kind of has a lot of responsibilities the person who's kind of overseeing jackie's team day to day is um american movie star johnny cage who i cannot stress okay. enough is just the most famous action movie star uh in in america and possibly the world um because he starred in a series of movies called uh, ninja mime um so, <laughs> okay wait a second yeah <laughs> i want that to be real i want to i want to watch ninja mime um i feel like there's a shot that like the next mortal Kombat movie might might have a scene where it's like it, introducing you know you know it, it, interior set johnny cage walks on ready it is ninja mime makeup they kind of implied we could we could get there in the next mortal Kombat okay. movie yeah so if you could compare Johnny Cage to, have you done this? Have you already compared him to like a real life American action hero? Well, he is, he started out as a direct parody of Jean-Claude Van Damme because originally, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Originally Mortal Kombat, the game was going to be a, uh, like universal soldier video game. Um, but Jean-Claude Van Damme was being a drama queen and it didn't work out. And, the oh. and so when they and decided now that we to have this beautiful, this, like, rich, yeah. world <laughs> yeah when they decided to create this crazy mythology they were like we should also have a guy that's like john claude van damme where the whole joke is that he's like annoying and he worms his way into an interdimensional fighting tournament to prove that he does his own stunts oh um, wow but then okay, over the cool, years cool, he's cool. become like the lead of the last couple games he's like become a real character <laughs> he's got yeah. a real story yeah um so so jackie's on this team uh so is cassie cage so is Takeda Takahashi, that, that young ninja who saved them. He's also a part of this team. And, uh, and then there's also a, a, um, a Shaolin monk named Kung Jin, 
who had grown up as kind of a street urchin and ultimately became a, a Shaolin monk and is a like distant cousin slash nephew of uh, some old warrior friends of Johnny Cage's. So he's been welcomed onto the team as well. So there's these four people, the combat kids, you know, they're all in their like early twenties. They're, they're ready to start their careers policing our relations with other dimensions. Um, <laughs> and uh, one thing that's going on for Jackie is uh, that she kind of has a crush on Takeda, but it's not clear yet if it's like requited. Um ah. But, uh, you know, there's all this stuff going on. They're, like, getting ready for the first mission. But there's kind of, like, some some chemistry between them ever since they first met when Jackie was, you know, beheading people as, like, a blood slave and Takeda was saving her. Um, so uh, at, at this point in time, the team doesn't really click. Kung Jin is kind of, like, brash. He likes to uh, leap before he looks. Takeda is very, like, self-serious. He's been through a lot of shit. He's a ninja. He's very takes himself seriously cassie is uh kind of hot-headed um and cocky jackie's more the cautious one and so they don't really like gel with each other they have very different communication styles um and and combat styles so uh they're about to be sent on their first mission but it's like all right guys you really got to pull it together and their first mission they're sent to stake out the uh lin kuei temple which is a ninja temple in in china um that's led by this guy named Sub Zero, who can control ice. Um, I know that one. Yeah, you can know, you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, good. Okay, my AirPods are dying. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. I know that one. I know Sub Zero. Yeah, Sub Zero. He's the he's the blue guy. He's the guy that's blue. Um, I have more name recognition than face recognition for. Well, him, his face but... isn't blue, but his ninja suit is. He's like a guy otherwise okay yeah great the team uh goes to china they stake out the lin kuei temple to try to uh figure out if sub-zero is still uh like around and if the lin kuei are still allies of special forces super basic like busy work mission basically um when they get there they just see sub-zero meditating uh, in front of the temple like sitting out there in the snow and uh kung jin is like let's just go tap his shoulder and say what's up dude are you are you our friend still or what um but uh but the rest of the team is like great direct (laughs) communications philosophy i agree with that yeah he's like let's just ask him are you an ally or not why are we beating around the bush yes culture versus ask culture ask culture is always better we can't be making assumptions about what other people want or feel that sounds true yeah. Yeah. So Kung Jin goes rogue. Kung Jin goes rogue and just sneaks up on Sub-Zero, even though the rest of the team is like, I don't think we should do that. He's a ninja. And uh, immediately Sub-Zero spins around, busts them, um, and Johnny Cage reveals himself and says, that was a test, and you all failed. You couldn't get on the same page. Um, Sub-Zero could have been tricking you, could have been evil, could have been like a shape-shifting sorcerer we've dealt with those before and uh you guys just walked right into it without um coming up with a plan without working together and uh it's clear that this team's just like not really ready to be sent out on real missions but shortly after that uh duty calls because once they get back to base they find out that in outworld uh, a civil war has erupted um, the former, yeah, the former now deposed emperor, Melina, 
um, is apparently using Shinnok's amulet to destroy entire villages. And the current emperor, this guy Kotal Khan, um, is having trouble like holding it together. And and most of all, this is an issue for Earthrealm because we're like, well, we were supposed to be protecting the amulet. Is it true that Melina has it? That doesn't sound possible, um, but we should check in. So uh, our heroes are sent to Outworld to just investigate, just see if they can get some eyeballs on that amulet or if they can find out if it's just all bullshit because Raiden is supposed to be protecting that amulet, shouldn't be in Outworld with Melina. They uh, go to investigate and pretty much fuck up immediately. They try to stop a public execution, even though this is very much not their jurisdiction, like at a market. Mm. Um, The situation escalates uh, with the cops to the point that uh, Kung Jin challenges Kotal Khan, the ruling emperor, to a trial by combat in the town square. Once again, going rogue. Um, Wow. Yeah. Thankfully, Kung Jin's able to put his money where his mouth is and uh, and is able to win the fight against Kotal Khan, Um, at which point he says, like, hey, why don't we just work together? Sorry that we fucked with your uh, public execution. Um, we're just here to find out what's going on with Melina and Shinnok's amulet. We're on your side. And so Kotal Khan says, okay, I'll let your team uh, join with my team of generals um, and go investigate and try to figure out where Melina is. She's been a thorn in my side anyway, because she's been trying to like do a coup and take over Outworld. Um, so Kotal Khan's team joins Jackie's team. And uh, Kotal's team is led by this gross uh, bug lady named Devora. Um, cool. Yeah, she is a bug person, but she also might be one bug living inside of an exoskeleton and controlling it, but she also might be made of bugs. Um, cool. Yeah, I or like all her. of the above. Yeah. Um, she's <laughs> fucked up, yeah. So <laughs> working with Devora, they managed to find Melina, capture her, find Shinnok's amulet, which was in her possession, and what bring... the heck? Yeah, f- something something screws going on. It's not really important, but basically, like uh, that guy Kano and the Black Dragon somehow got the amulet and stole it, and then they brought it to Outworld and they sold it to Melina. It's like a whole thing. <laughs> um, oh, okay, like classic okay. like interdimensional arms dealer shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, so Kotal Khan and his. Uh, forces have, thanks to Jackie's team, found Melina, who's been trying to wage a civil war for years, and brought her before Kotal Khan and found Shinnok's amulet. And, uh, and you know, Kotal's hyped about this. He's like, thanks, guys. Thanks for taking care of this. Devora, execute her. Devora spits a bunch of bugs down Melina's throat, and the bugs eat her from the inside out. Um, I knew I liked her. I knew I liked her. That's a cool way. <laughs> That's a cool way to do it. <laughs> to, to, to execute someone. That's not bad. We should try that here. We, we should, should do the bug thing. We do the bug thing. Bugs in people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it seems like a real win for everybody, right? The combat kids have succeeded in pulling off this mission. Um, they've they've helped Outworld with their civil war. Uh, but Kotal Khan turns it around and says, "You're all under arrest. I'm going to have you all arrested immediately." They're like, "What?" He's like, "Earthrealm was supposed to be protecting that amulet." Um, because they didn't, many villages got destroyed and my people got killed. And then y'all showed up and just started fucking things up. I appreciate you finding Molina, <clears throat> but that doesn't mean that I'm going to be able to start a policy where like Earthrealm can just come 
traipsing around fucking my shit up whenever they want. Um, which, like, you know, yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah, like, sorry. Jackie didn't do anything wrong, but, you know, sins of the father, et cetera, et cetera, maybe? I don't know. I mean, she, um, wasn't, a good, she wasn't a good leader, a good enough leader to get all these fucking rapscallions in line. They are rapscallions, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in jail now, in another dimension, um with just the four of them to talk to, they, they start to finally bond. They're in their jail cells and they start talking about their parents. And Jackie's like, Oh, my dad's so overprotective because a ghost ripped off his arms. And then he was a zombie for a long time, controlled by a necromancer. And, uh, and now we've both been traumatized by our experiences as blood slaves. And, and uh, it's all this trauma and all this danger has been passed on to me. And Takeda is like, Oh my God, I totally relate. My dad left me with an undead ninja when I was just a boy and my mom was killed because he ran away from the red dragon and then the ninja raised me, but a bunch of people died and the ninja went crazy and then I was on my own for a while. I totally get you. Dads are tough. Um, (laughs) And Cassie's like, my dad's a movie star. He's always on set. Um, (laughs) Not the same. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Cassie. Um, but Takeda and Jackie are like, you, you get me. No, you get me. And it's clear there's like, oh, there's something here. They're crushing on each other, even though they're so far from home that it's literally a completely different plane of reality. Um, and so uh, the team together, now that they finally bonded, manages to work together to find a way to break out of jail and escape from their outworld cell. But as soon as they do, they learn, uh-oh, Devora is actually a secret double agent who's been working to free Shinnok all this time. Um, when Kotal Khan sent her to go lock away Shinnok's amulet, she went yoink and ran off with it to Earthrealm where she has freed Shinnok and now he's running amok in their in their home realm. Oh, dang. Uh-oh. SpaghettiO. So they return to Earth to find all their parents pretty much like fucked up and unconscious. Um, the special forces base is wrecked. Shinnok is uh, at Raiden's Sky Temple, where he's poisoning Earth's Jinsei energy, which will corrupt and destroy our entire realm and everyone in it. And it's up to them, basically, to save the entire universe. Um, so they better get their shit together. It's time. This is Act 3, baby, <laughs> of this chapter. Um, so... <laughs> uh so they hop into and so this is like like, is this like a minor character or a major character um i would say she's a supporting lead uh in the in the most recent two games okay so our other episodes of this podcast like 16 hours long yeah (laughs) (laughs) I, it's funny because sometimes it'll be a character where it's like, of course, this is two and a half hours long. They've been the yeah. lead character in 11 games in a row over decades. And then some episodes, it's like, this is about dumb, dumb from nowhere. And it's probably going to be 10 minutes long. And then before I know it, 22 hours have passed. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, you've got a long beard. And yeah. And I'm and I'm malnourished. Um, OK, so uh, to avoid that happening here, let's keep going. They hop in sure. a they hop in a spaceship um, and they're flying around 
to get to the Sky Temple, which is like a floating palace above, uh, above I think China, and uh, the the ship gets shot down um, over a forest, and they wind up in conflict with Kotal Khan again, who's like Jackie Briggs and your ilk. I am going to have you all beheaded and give your heads to Shinnok as a peace offering, saying, "Do whatever you want to Earthrealm, but leave Outworld alone." He's going like full nationalist. Um, Ew! All right. He's like, I just my job is just to protect my people, Outworld first, and uh, and Jackie and the team try to reason with him, but uh, there's no reasoning with them. Thankfully, the plane's been shot down over Lin Kuei territory, and Sub Zero pops out with his ninjas and is like, "I'll take care of it. Um, I'm going to take them all out now, and uh, and." I'm going to uh, send send you guys on your way. Go save the universe. You kids have really pulled it together. You've come so far since Kung Jin snuck up on me and yelled, hey, are you on our team still? Um, <laughs> All right, Sub-Zero. I guess we trust him. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Um, so uh, they journey to the Sky Temple where Shinnok is, is in the midst of poisoning Earth Jinsei. Devorah's up there. And all of the revenants that didn't get brought back to life um, when that necromancer took control of them. So everyone Jack's like grew up friends with pretty much is still there as an undead revenant working with Jack, uh, with Shinnok. And so Jackie and Takeda are like, we will hold back all of these revenants. We'll hold back all our dad's friends. (laughs) Um, While you, Cassie and Kung Jin go in and stop Shinnok. And thankfully that, that kind of teamwork uh, pans out. Cassie is the one to finally find her Mediterranean Warcult magic and defeat Shinnok. They save the realm, and Jackie uh, asks Takeda out on a date. Wow. It's, it's a happy ending. I'll tell you what, what I wouldn't give to beat up my dad's friends from uh, when I'm telling me. Sorry, David, I don't mean that. You've always been nice to me. Um, you're a cool guy. It was nice catching up with you on FaceTime recently. Uh, Uh, but wait, Jess, there's more. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um. So so Jackie and Takeda, they date, and it's amazing. It's great. Takeda actually, this is assumed because it's never made clear, but must be true, leaves hmm. special forces, decides to do his own thing, Um. and uh, the relationship blooms. They wind up getting engaged. They're radical, um, uh, uh, what's the word, Mar- marry- marrying people? What's the... Uh, or monogamists? <laughs> <laughs> they're radical monogamists. Yeah, they're radical monogamists, as we were discussing earlier. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jackie's like now kind of like married in, or on the, in the process of becoming married into a uh, ninja clan because Takeda's a, a ninja for the Shira Irayu, which is a Japanese ninja clan. Um, and uh, everything's hunky-dory, but there's some tragedy in, in Jackie's life as well because Vera, her mom, tragically passes away. Um, not clear what happens, but presumably oh. Ill- illness or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, this really affects Jax. He becomes more aloof than ever and starts becoming like a recluse. He never leaves his farm. He's full of fear um, that everyone he loves is going to be taken away from him. It's clear that like Vera was his, his rock. Um, which makes mm-hmm. sense. She was his nurse, and then she was his wife. Like she was, mm-hmm. she, she was, was mommy. She was mommy, and um, and you know, Jackie's worried about her dad, but she she's got to keep doing her thing. So she uh, she keeps working her way up through special forces. She's promoted to sergeant. 
Um, and she's continuing to go on missions to protect Earthrealm from other realms, hoping that that kind of work will also like help her dad heal. If it's like, hey, dad, I'm, I'm protecting us. Like, we're safe. There's no threats from outside of Earthrealm. Um, they go on a fateful mission to the Nether Realm, the place where her dad had been uh, zombified and kept all those years because all of his old friends are still down there as revenants. Even without Shinnok, they're still down there just like beings of pure hatred, pretty much, um, that are undead and living in hell. Yeah, and so she goes down there to um, to do like a... Uh, I, I guess it, it's like a preemptive strike because it's they have some recon that the Netherrealm is intending on attacking Earthrealm because of this like grudge they hold against Raiden um, because they all like blame him for their deaths. And so, uh, so Sonia Blade leads Jackie and Cassie on a mission to the Netherrealm to uh, basically like just shoot a bunch of undead people and say like, don't come back to Earthrealm kind of fucked up clandestine to thing re-dead them they yeah. gotta get dead again yeah they're all like riding around on like undead stallions it's fucking crazy um <laughs> <laughs> and so they uh they go down there and the mission goes horribly awry unfortunately again um, it does why yeah. can't anything go the way they, they plan <laughs> probably because they're like attacking a random dimension saying like, you intended on striking us we're striking first yeah um yeah, Sonia actually dies. Sonia Blade dies in the, oh, in the attack. And so Cassie and Jackie are now both left without without mothers. Um and uh and it's hard, you know, they're both kind of recovering together. Their friendship is their rock, and then things get real weird because uh for the first time in the story. <laughs> <laughs> because Kronika, the Titan of Time, appears. Kronika is uh, a being we didn't even know existed. She's been acting in the in the background this whole time. She's Shinnok's mom. It's all about mom stuff. She is oh, Shinnok's okay. mom. So as the mother of an elder god, as the mother of one of the people that created reality, she is the person who creates the metaphysical concept of time. That makes sense. This is actually tracks. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. And what that means is that she literally like writes what happens. She like has a giant hourglass that is at Kronika's Keep, which is like this island across a sea of blood in Outworld, um, where she stands in front of this hourglass and waves her hands around and like decides everything that's ever going to happen. And so uh, as it turns so out... There's still a lot. I just want to say there continue to be a ton of Westworld season four parallels. So it kind of sounds like Westworld season four, like ripped off Mortal Kombat. Big big Mortal Kombat fans in that writer's room. (laughs) We all knew Jonah Nolan was just fucking cramming Mortal Kombat's between (laughs) seasons. Um. All right. So so uh, Jackie and 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 Cassie find out about this new threat, and Johnny, who's like still around and mourning his his dead wife, um. They find out that Kronika is on the scene and she's upset because A, because Shinnok's dead, her son. And she's like, my daughter, Cetrion, and my son, Shinnok, these two elder gods represented good and evil. And now the balance is out of whack. And I also blame Raiden because he uh, he actually fucked with time in order to kill Shinnok and do a bunch of other time shit. And uh, anyway, I'm going to erase the entire timeline. 
everything that ever happened in all of your lives will never happen. I'm going to rewind back to literally the dawn of time. But in order to do that, I have to physically travel to my hourglass, which is across an ocean in Outworld, and go find my special crown that lets me do time magic, which is on Shang Tsung's island. And I have to do all this like stuff before I can actually erase time. So very conveniently it, convoluted. Yeah, it's really it's like why would it ever be like that? And so, <laughs> so so uh that's the only way for her to erase time. So she uh opens a time vortex and pulls people back from the past who um mostly people who are dead in the present or who have have life has not gone their way in the present. Um, with the intention of talking them into watching her back and helping her pull off this mission and stopping Raiden and his forces from getting in her way because she knows that they would be like, don't erase time. All the bad guys are dead and life is good. Um, and so, uh, so she opens a time vortex and pulls through a bunch of people, but in the process also accidentally pulls through just people who are adjacent to the people she's trying to nab through time. So all that to say... All of a sudden, into Jackie Briggs' life comes uh, a younger version of Johnny Cage living alongside uh, the uh, like current older man, Johnny Cage. Young Sonya Blade, still alive when she was Cassie's age, is now here with Cassie and with Jackie. And a young version of Jax, that's, that's Jackie's age, is pulled this forward is, through time from the past. This is very fun. This is, this is Back to the Future. It's it's like uh well listen Back to the Future I think borrowed also liberally as as a lot of people know and kind of talked about uh through the years from Mortal Kombat but but it's like a it's like a Back to the Future inside a Back to the Future because it's like Cassie's now dealing with her mom being alive again when she just died and being her age and not knowing that she ever had a daughter and being like you're my daughter I married him because she like hates Johnny Cage at this point <laughs> um and Jackie's dealing with the fact that she has two dads. Young and old are both here. Um, and she says to young Jax, as soon as she meets him, she's like, you're going to go through so much pain. Um, he's like, oh, I have a daughter. I've always wanted to be a dad. I've always wanted a daughter. And she's like, yeah, it's it's like, it's going to be a rough road. I want to prepare you for all the stuff that's going to happen. I, I have this desire to protect you. So I want to tell you all these things. Um, and then she's like, I need to call my my dad, dad, present, present dad, and tell him what's happening. Um, but he doesn't answer. Again, he's like kind of being a recluse. And, mm-hmm. um, and so she wants to go find her dad and get him to help. But first she and the rest of the heroes are like, Hey, we really need to like stop Kronika from erasing all of time. So we need to focus on that. Uh, I've so- really, I've fallen into my cadence of just going like, mm-hmm, uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. The way that That's I do when That's like, crazy. That's crazy. when like a friend asks me for like relationship help and like yeah. tells me all of their like stories of like what has been going on in their relationship. You already know this, you can't help them. So you just start this, going, That's so crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> this, this feels like that. It's like, yeah. you guys are really, I mean, I have a lot to say, but you've got to just get through and let me know, get me up to speed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of how i feel hosting this podcast so uh, that makes sense okay so you're you're going to hang out with the, the version of your parents who are the same age as you okay well how'd yeah, that go I, that healthy. yeah <laughs> i'll tell you how it went great <laughs> jackie and young jacks go to shang sung's island which is like oof this this is where jackie was turned into a blood magic slave this is where young jacks uh fought 
in in the Mortal Kombat tournament and, and has his arms ripped off. Um, they're going there with the intention of finding Kronika's crown before Kronika can find it, because that alone will stop her from being able to do time shit. And while they're wandering this derelict island and talking about everything that happens in Jax's life and everything that's happened in Jackie's life, because Jax is like, oh my God, you're my daughter. Like, tell me what's going on. What relationship are you in? It's amazing, like, healing for Jackie because she gets to have this relationship with her dad that she couldn't have because she'd only ever known the deeply traumatized version, like, broken version of her dad. Now she's with oh, the, man. like, okay version of her dad. Um, And that's me. Made- it- <laughs> yeah. Just again, to, like, compare it to, like, uh, relationships, I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, man, if someone could meet me a long time ago versus now, but I don't know, I'm kind of better now. I, uh, you know, it would be interesting. I, I would be curious, like, for someone I care about to meet a young version of me. I feel like I'd be so annoying, but I feel like that's probably how everyone feels about their younger selves, right? Yeah. I was so annoying, <laughs> unless you're like a narcissist, because <laughs> it's true. But she loves young dad. She's she does. Like, that's really, that's really. Yeah, she's like young dad's cool. It's a knife in the heart. It's a twist in the heart for her present dad of just yeah. like. Also, he's wow. wearing '90s clothes. All the parents are, and it's like fun. Oh, here we yeah. go. Okay, All that's what I'm parents. talking about. Yeah, he's like wearing parachute pants, and she's like, "Dad." It's like hanging out with the real life <laughs> manifestation of like my dad used to be so cool. When you look at a picture, and you're like, "That's in fact that's stylish now." Yeah, it's that. That's um, really fun. It's very fun. They're having a dandy old time, but but the the complexity of it all is brought to a head when who should confront them on the island, but old jacks because he's working for Kronika. and jackie's like what and he says jackie it's trust me it's for the best it's all to protect you i'm gonna make a timeline where you never become a soldier you never have to suffer here when havoc takes you over i'm gonna not let you get into all that the amount that i am shaking my head right now yeah he's like i couldn't protect my wife but i can you're my only family left and and i'm gonna control you basically but he doesn't realize how wrong that is as he's saying it he thinks he's like being a good protective dad no not good um so young jacks confronts his older self and says you're a coward that's not good parenting and they fight the two dads fight Jackie's watching like what the fuck is going on and uh and they're interrupted by Cetrion Kronika's daughter who basically says to both Jaxes I'm gonna I'm gonna kill Jackie if she is the good one but she's like I'm working for my mom I do whatever my mom says and my mom says that I have to get her crown I'm gonna kill Jackie codependent that's really Really codependent relationship with your mother there. Ta-da. I don't know if I can condone that. Uh, I don't. Cetrion sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad. This is objectively a bad thing to do. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, you know, for someone who's like the god of goodness, I don't know why she's like standing for the balance and allowing evil to exist. So, uh, so yeah, old, old Jax convinces young Jax. He's like, do it for Jackie. Give Cetrion the crown or Jackie's going to die. You've bonded with her. You see how amazing our daughter is. Do you want her to just die here? Give Kronika the crown. And uh, and young Jax does it because he is like, I have bonded. I do care about my daughter and I don't uh. want to watch her die. I can't let her die right now. So fine. Here's the crown. 
He gives it to Cetrion. And Jackie's pissed. So she she like walks off, joins the army of heroes from Outworld and Earthrealm who've been assembling to stop Kronika. Young Jax is like, of course I'm going to join as well. I'm pissed about it. I didn't want to give the crown over. I'm going to see this through and I'm going to stop Kronika. I don't agree with Kronika. Old Jax is like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. And uh, and it ends with this this epic war between Kronika's forces and Jackie's friends and, and frenemies. And uh, at the end, old Jax finally does see see the light. He sees his daughter fighting. He's like, I can't be on. If she's on that side, that's the right side. So he leaves Kronika's side and he joins the good guys. Um, but uh, it's all for naught because Kronika ultimately does erase all of time and Jackie's entire life in existence. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, and that's where we leave things in the Mortal Kombat games is that all of time has been erased and uh, a new timeline will be created in which Liu Kang, a guy that I didn't tell you about, but he's been around. I know that one. I know that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that one. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he kills Kronika, but, he, but not until she, not until after she has managed to do this. So he's the new Titan of time. Um, so, oh, you know. so sometimes when you do kill someone, you do inherit You do. You, you were right about role. those rules, generally. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It sounds like to me. I think that it should work that way. <laughs> Um, one last little coda for Jackie I do want to mention is that uh, when you beat like an arcade ladder in these games with a character, it kind of gives you like a what if ending. Like, oh, what would happen if this character won in the story? Like, what would happen? So in, in Mortal Kombat 11, the way it works is there's a story mode that tells you like the canon story, but then you can also just play through like a few fights as whatever character you want. And it'll give you a what if ending that in mm. Mortal Kombat 11 is like, what if this person became the Titan of Time? What what would they do? What if that person became the Titan of Time? What would they do? And uh, Ka- uh, Jackie's is really sad, actually. It's oh, like no. if Jackie was the one to defeat Kronika, um, what would she do if she could control all of time? And she actually decides to go back in time and make it so that Jax never suffers. He never loses his arms. He never gets involved in the Mortal Kombat tournament. Um, and he never goes through all the trauma that like broke him as a person because she'd gotten to meet young jacks before all that trauma and was like he was such a happy fulfilled person he was such an amazing like vibrant alive person i never got to know right but she knows that if she does that he'll never meet vera and he'll never have jackie and she decides to do it anyway because she just wants to protect her dad so she as the titan of time makes it so that she never exists and creates a timeline where uh jacks never joins special forces and never becomes a soldier never joins the Mortal Kombat tournament, which now that I say that out loud is a paradox. It's like, so, if she, but if she doesn't exist, right? Then... <laughs> so then how does she, um, uh, you know, know. Yeah. it seems like there's some really interesting interdimensional rules here. And yeah, you know, I mean, do you think Mortal Kombat is going to get into the multiverse game? It's really hot right now. You yes, know? I do actually think that's what's going to happen next. <laughs> That is exactly yeah. what I think is going to happen. Yeah, um, they're really on track. We'll but I'm pretty sure that, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jess, do you have any final thoughts on Jackie Briggs? What an interesting What's character. diagnosis? <laughs> uh, I think uh, she sounds cool and stuff. And, uh, you know, good for her. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of that's a lot of information. I I like her a lot. This is an amazing story. Uh 
I think that I would love, I guess, to to see her become like the leader that it's implied by this very quick telling of the story that she becomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I want to know what her hair looks like. <laughs> <laughs> What's her hair look like? Um, What's her outfit? It depends on the game. Okay. You can Google her. It's J-A-C-Q-U-I Briggs. Okay. Um, she's got braids. Um, she has a shorter cut in the more recent Mortal Kombat what? game. Oh, yeah. sick. And she's got like armor and high tech like soldier stuff. Okay, so this is Jackie Briggs. And then we got Jack. Okay, all right. Yes. Yeah, she's cool. She makes holograms. I can hear so much clicking. I can hear every click of you Googling. It's This is good, like, ASMR for the listeners at home. Okay. Um, oh, and that's Vera. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. That's cool. enough of that. <laughs> Jess, uh, it was so again. wonderful having you as the final guest in the final episode of Mortal Podcast. That leads us to the final segment of the show. The okay. segment I like to call Choose Your Destiny, in which I ask you, Jess Lane, now that you know about the many realms and factions of Mortal Kombat, where do you think you'd fit in? Who would Jess Lane be in the world of Mortal Kombat? What would Jess Lane be? Would you be a bug lady? Gosh, you know, I, I would love to be a bug lady, but I don't think that's accurate to whom I am. Mm-hmm. Right? Um... I mean, I was like, I was like, oh, is this by design? I feel like Jack, I feel like I relate to Jack, Jackie a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the time lady sounds cool. But. I don't know. Well, I'm like trying to think of all of the characters we talked about today to see if there's anyone else who I'd be like. Mm-hmm. I have to answer this. I feel like you, Ben, would know more than no, this is the thing. I, you gotta just make I up have to stuff. Just decide. My, oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, it doesn't. You don't. Have, it's not like a right or wrong answer. And I'm not picking an exact character. I'm picking like a sort no, of it's like, like realm where and, you know where would you like to? You know, you've heard about these realm, the chaos realm. You were interested in. Yeah. You could live there. Um, I think I definitely live in the chaos realm. That feels like how I keep moving back to New York City. That yeah. New York That's, is the New chaos York realm. Is it? Are you kidding me? The Big Apple <laughs> pretty much is the chaos realm. Okay, so I'm definitely yeah. in the chaos realm. Okay. Uh, I guess I could be a cool bug lady, so I don't have to be evil and betray everyone. I can just be a cool lady that's made out of bugs. Yeah, Kai Tin. Is that is that's that what they're hot? called? That's the that... um. It well, it really depends on like what you're into, I guess. Yeah. There, there's certainly smutty art of Devora you could find. So someone. Someone would fuck you, yeah. I think like okay. someone would be into that. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's not my thing. A bug, a bug lady. But I am certain that there are people out there that are like, that is my thing. All that goo sounds cool. <laughs> is there like a, a? Is the chaos realm like so chaotic that like people can't make like melodic music? Yeah, probably. It's probably that's, like no- noise music. That's too but bad. But at the same that's... time, there wouldn't be a rule about it because that would be too much order. 
So okay. you, in theory, could be chaotic in that you do just do music, even though most people wouldn't choose to in the chaos. This realm. is exactly like the, this is back to the, is marriage a rebellious thing to do or yeah. to not get married is rebellious. It's so you're a keep, radical musician in the chaos It's going to keep realm. slipping as, as yeah. culture conforms and reconforms. So yeah, sometimes I you'll be cool, go, sometimes you'll suck. I'll go to the chaos realm, I'll be a bug lady, and I will be a musician who against trend plays really melodic music like the beatles oh my god because she's a bug lady oh perfect (laughs) that's that makes sense yeah you know it's like the it's like the it's like that thing you do but in the chaos realm and with a bug lady yeah you keep being a bug lady yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh that's good i like that okay cool yeah um well great jess jess it's been a pleasure having you on the show um if people want more jess lane in their lives where can they get it um on my instagram and my twitter both of which my handles are not jess lane very chaotic yeah i guess very so. chaos realm of you it really is that's really where i'm gonna go- where i gotta be <laughs> Jess, thanks again, and thank you for loaning me your voice throughout all these episodes as the person yelling. Could you do you want to yell mortal uh, podcast just oh live my gosh. just once? I have to I have to walk back a little bit. We'll okay, make sure. let's get some solid so reverb on this. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. All right. Here. Let's hear it. <laughs> mortal Kombat. I messed it up. One no, that was time. really good. Time. No, that was really really good. I know, I know, but I said Mortal Kombat instead of Mortal oh, Podcast. Oh, I see, I got it. Podcast. No, so yeah. take two, take two. Hard take K. Take two. Okay. Okay, here we go. Mortal Kombat! Wait, that one wasn't as good because now no, I'm it was good. Myself. It was okay, really okay, good. Okay. Take three. This is Imagine Being in the Recording Studio that I was doing. This. Imagine okay, Being Your second. Neighbor. Okay. I want to get a little bit in the deeper part of my register. That was a little too high. For the high, at home, it's almost midnight. Yeah. In New York City. Okay. That's the listening department. Go ahead. It's the weekend. It's Friday it's, it's night. the freaking weekend. Yeah. It's the freaking weekend. You're just going to think go. you're gaming. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Mortal Podcast! Oh, that was really good. Thank you. What a right, send That off. was worth the wait. I, it was. I know, I know what I'm capable of. You know how to win over a crowd of me. Um, <laughs> uh, Jess, thanks again so much for being on the show. Audience, thank you for listening. It has been a pleasure covering... Every single character uh, that is currently canon in Mortal Kombat lore. Uh, of course, if you've been a member of the Patreon over the years, you've you've gotten to hear a few characters that are downloadable characters that haven't been covered, that are arguably not canon. Um, those episodes, I'm sure, in the future at some point, will be made available to people who are not members of the Patreon. Um, so, so there's a real completionist vibe <laughs> to this podcast. Uh, you know, so we can really cover folks like the Joker and uh, RoboCop that are really important members of, of Mortal Kombat canon um, because they appear in the games. Um, I also want to say, uh, if you've been listening to the show, you know that the very first episode of Mortal Podcast uh, was with Sarah Ben and Casa, and it was covering Raiden. And um, it, we got through maybe a third <laughs> of Raiden's story. Um, and have always promised every season to finish Raiden's saga and haven't. And uh, I am intentionally not finishing Raiden's story here because while this is, for now, 
the final episode of Mortal Podcast. My intention is to um, to always return when a new Mortal Kombat game comes out and make sure that I keep this a complete living document of uh, every Mortal Kombat character's complete history. So when Mortal Kombat 12 shows its face, 13, 15, 28, till I'm dead, I will, uh, or we all are, I will um, continue to come back and uh, make more episodes of the show you know, which means it'll be like a couple of episodes every couple of years. But uh, stay subscribed so that you're around and uh, consider the rest of the Raiden episode the uh, the the cap I'm leaving behind as a promise that I, I shall return. But for now, this is the end of Mortal Podcast. Uh, so thank you for listening. And as always, finish him.